Welcome to the North and South of Things podcast, a show dedicated to discussion of topics important to the LGBT community and the community at large. Here are your hosts, Mark and George. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the North and South of Things. I am Mark in chilly St. Paul, Minnesota, and joining me today is George in Atlanta. Hello, not, George. <laughs> hey there, not quite as chilly Atlanta. <laughs> I understand you have some pretty wicked weather. Yes, we do. It's the coldest day of winter right now with a minus 15 degree Fahrenheit air temperature and uh, a wind chill advisory in effect. In other words, don't go outside. <laughs> well, it's a balmy 45 degrees here in Atlanta, kids. <laughs> <laughs> so, if only. If right, only. Right. Mark, what are we talking about today? Uh, we're going to be talking about single, gay, and on one income. But before we get into this, uh, today's topic, uh, we'd like to take this opportunity to thank those who have reached out to share their comments and kind words. Scott the Seder from the Sadosphere podcast, uh, thank you for your kind words and feedback. And Greg from the Inappropriate Conversations podcast, who listened to our episode on the trans community and did a great episode on that topic as well. Um, thanks for that. And you can find uh, that episode on the trans community on the North and South of Things uh, website. So uh, before we start talking uh, about finances, I just kind of want to put in a little disclaimer here. Uh, this is not to be construed as any sort of financial advice. Uh, oh, we're Lord, we're having really... to do disclaimers? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's always a good thing to CYA, it's George. That's so true. It's true. We're not uh, you know, assessing your risk portfolio or your investment style. These are just kind of some of the things that we've learned about finances and finance. Uh, you know, being a single, gay, and on one income. So uh, just a little disclaimer there. And probably good advice, especially after you hear some of the mistakes I've made, you will know that you probably shouldn't be taking advice from me. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. And uh, we all make mistakes, and I think it's important to kind of share our stories and our our experiences from those mistakes to kind of help others and also, you know, help ourselves. So... Uh, We all know that two heads and two wallets are better than one, especially if you are in a committed relationship. Um, It's true that two incomes are better, especially when there are no children involved. Uh, But even with uh, no child expenses, when you're paying the mortgage, your car payment, insurance, food, entertainment, and a bevy of household expenses with one earner can really be challenging. You so, know, I, I thought that, you know, when we get at this advanced stage in our life, when we're making, you know, I mean, we're not working for minimum wage. We're making a, a penny or two. I kind of thought it'd get easier, but it really doesn't. These things called price increases keep happening. <laughs> that's true. You know. Um, also, you know, we we tend to grow into our salaries yeah. and our income. Yeah. Uh, we get used to having a certain amount of money, and you know, sometimes we make the decision to stretch beyond our means a little bit, and we incur debt. And you know, there are things like good debt and bad debt. Uh, but you know, for those of us in our late forties, you know. 
it it's it, it's that time for me where um and I, I it might be related to the big 50 coming up next year mm-hmm. um that really has me sort of hyper focused on it i just recently pulled up my uh retirement accounts uh, my organization doesn't match my 401k in fact we have mm-hmm. a 403b because we're a nonprofit right and they don't match it but they have a separate account it's a sep ira sep ira and then I have yet a third item, and I was just sort of t- tallying all these up, and I'm like, okay, you're an idiot. You know, it's been 12, in April it will have been 12 years, mm-hmm. and I am embarrassed to admit how little these three accounts have combined. And I'm like, dude, you're knocking on half a century old. You had better get with mm-hmm. it, you know. Well, you know, in in our country, um, you know, the savings rate is incredibly low, and I, I really don't think people are aware of how far behind um, they are. Right. I, I know I, I also brought up, you know, this is after the new year, and I have a tendency to kind of take stock of things. And one of those things that I take stock of is my financial and you know, having a job change in this last year um, has kind of thrown a little bit of a curveball in there because uh, you know I had uh, one account, a four hundred three b, with my former employer, who was also a nonprofit. Uh, but then again, I have this brand new four hundred one k, and uh, I don't know if you follow the financial uh, news of the day, but we're starting out two thousand sixteen in the worst sort of way. Yeah. Um, we're down over 5% yeah. uh, since the year started. And it's, it's kind of scary, but you, you have to really be cognizant of there are, there's the short-term game mm-hmm. and there's the long-term game. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. what you really need to be focused on is that long-term game. Right. And, which and, is being able to retire at some point. Right. Eating something other than ramen noodles and tuna fish. <laughs> That's right. Um so we're gonna we may actually end up doing a whole separate show on retirement, but we're gonna touch on that again toward toward the end here. But we wanna back up and just talk about some of the basics. And I I, I will tell you that I, I feel like I got cheated a little bit in my household because my parents weren't good financial managers, and so I didn't have I didn't mm-hmm. get that from them. I didn't learn that from them. I didn't know what a credit card was until I was in college. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's the life you have at home. I think dictates a little bit of your financial success, and that's why it angers me to see people who do well who have criticisms of the poor or those who are underemployed and. Um, they take for granted the privilege they had of having good financial management background in their parents, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you, you, you learn quickly or you get in trouble quickly <laughs> is the case. Right. I had, didn't realize there were two um, – well, there, there's one sort of very general federal guideline. I didn't realize this until I began working in the affordable housing sector, and that is that your household in your household budget, you should not be spending more than 30% of your income on housing. And with the state of transportation expenses, depending on if you live in a highly congested area uh, or have to travel a really long um, in time or miles, uh, if you have a really long commute, 
um, there's a, there's another spin on that, which is spend no more than 50% of your household income on housing plus transportation. And I think those are excellent. Although I've recently think I've seen a number lower than 50%. I think they're actually trying to get that down to more like 45%. But the, the, there are actually general guidelines that you should think about. If you're spending more than 30% of your income on housing, whether it's rental or mortgage, you've got an issue. Right. And um, I, have to, I have to say um, I am more than that 30% benchmark. Uh I purchased my house for, which was before uh, the financial and uh, real estate meltdown that we had. You, you uh, skyped so, out on me a little bit. Then you purchased when? I purchased in two thousand four. Gotcha. Oh yeah. So be- that's right before, before the yeah the the great meltdown. And I, I tell you, um, I bought what I could afford, which was overvalued. Mm-hmm. And uh, fortunately, I am not underwater like many people are in in the country. But um, it's more than that benchmark. So, do you, are you are you effectively negative equi- have negative equity, or are no. you an, are you above enough that if you were to sell, you could get enough down, uh, you could reap enough to make a down payment on another home? I could probably reap enough. Okay. I could certainly take care of. Uh, the note that I have now. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, there's there's no real worries there. Yeah. But you know, when you when you purchase a house, you learn um, a lot about yourself. Mm-hmm. And you know, I I really encourage people to think long and hard. You have to live somewhere, but. You know, there are differences in trade-offs between renting or purchasing a home. So um, a bit of self-knowledge and self-awareness is really good. I've learned uh, some things like I really despise mowing my lawn. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I live on a corner lot, so I have uh, the boulevard that I need to take care of. Uh, that's, That's my responsibility. Now... Snow removal and that sort of thing, I don't mind too much. But, you know, I, I think grass is a a waste of, <laughs> of resources and right. really kind of silly. And we don't need manicured lawns. Right. Um, but so you, you learn uh, things about that and about maintenance. You know, are you going to be able to uh, replace that leaky faucet rather than calling – uh, the rental office and putting yeah. in a repair ticket. You can't. Un- I mean, you honestly cannot underestimate the that issue right there. And that mm-hmm. is when you sign that close those closing documents, it's on you. <laughs> That's right. I mean, you buy a home that has an old refrigerator, an old stove already in it. I mean, you may get a two ten warranty or something like that, but it it's on you. I just had to replace my water heater. I've been here five years. Uh, come April, and you know. I, I didn't realize that it needed to be replaced. We got a message. I live in a condo, right? Because I'm like Mark. Mm-hmm. I don't want to cut grass. <laughs> and so I right. decided that I would buy in a condo because I don't want those gutter issues, grass issues, bee issues, pest issues. I'd rather just pay somebody else to take care of all that. Um, but it was still a shock. I hadn't really thought that, oh, yeah, that's on me. <laughs> so the building mm-hmm. sent out a note saying, hey, 
Um, this building was created in 2005. Your uh, water heaters are now 10 years old. We need you to know that the federal government has made a change in blah, blah, blah. And therefore, the size water heater you have is no longer going to be available. So you need to buy a replacement now or after 2015. It will have to be a different size. And by the way, your unit won't, it won't fit in your unit. So you will have construction expenses as well. So you're, so I'm like, all of a sudden, I need to spend $800 on a water heater or take my, you know, roll the dice and let it work another three or four years and then end up having to pay construction expenses to build it out so it will fit in there. So these are things that like you don't really have a choice. You know, that tree falls on the roof. You've got to get that fixed. (laughs) I mean, that's a bad example. Your, your, your homeowner's insurance would. Take care mm-hmm. of that, but it's a it's a big issue, and and I think uh, on the positive side of that, we'll get to the positive mm-hmm. side in a minute. Um, Mark, what would you say have been your biggest financial challenges um, to the degree that you want to divulge those? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been pretty open about my my finances, and I I know I've been a guest on some other podcasts where we uh, talked about finances, and I have to say that one of the biggest challenges that I had, which was before I purchased my home in 2004, um, you know, I, I had gotten, you know, my first fairly well-paying job and, and uh, I was, you know, living on my own and uh, life was pretty good, but I had this credit card debt mm-hmm. and it just, I mean, I was keeping up with the payments and that sort of thing, but I never seemed to be getting ahead. And uh, the amount was at at the time was $14,000 worth of credit card debt that just was getting in the way of me achieving some of the financial goals that I had set for myself, which is one was to buy a home. And um, I was starting to get into trouble. I was kind of late uh, on some payments. And, and it, it just got to a point where it was starting to become unmanageable. And rather than uh, just going and you know declaring bankruptcy and starting over, which would have put another significant mm-hmm. hurdle in front of my f- financial goals. Right. Um, I decided to seek out a nonprofit that uh, specialized in uh, consumer credit counseling. And if you are in a situation where you do have this sort of uh, sort of Damocles hanging over your head, I encourage you to seek out some consumer credit counseling. And you do need to be careful uh, about going about doing that. You want to find someone uh, who has a good reputation, in this case, it was a nonprofit. So uh, they took care of all the negotiating on my part with my creditors, and then we set up a debt repayment plan mm-hmm. where I, I spent a specific amount of money. I think at the time it was like $300 a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and over the course of four and a half years, I paid that back, and um, that way I also learned some very important lessons such as budgeting right, and delayed gratification. <laughs> right, and we're going to get into that, some of that in a minute. Tell me, were the, was that a consolidation of some of your debts? 
it was pretty much just the unsecured debt. Uh-huh. Um, so all of the credit card debt, basically uh, all of those accounts were frozen, many of them closed. Mm-hmm. And then uh, over the time, you know, I you know, I honored that commitment mm-hmm. and and paid it off, which uh, kind of protected my credit rating because, you know, you have to be committed to your financial obligations. And I think it's really good. Okay, I got myself into this mess. I can get myself out, yeah. but I needed some help. Yeah, and I want to say we will put a link on the webpage um, North and south of things dot com. Uh, I'll put a link in uh, to a website where you can put in your zip code and fi- find a HUD certified housing counseling agency. I would trust only those entities that have uh, that HUD certification because they they're trained in this exact thing, the credit counseling, uh, uh, and they come in a lot of different forms. You got the big national organizations, uh, Clearpoint, uh, and then you have your your more local. Uh, uh, based organizations, but if they've got the HUD certification, uh, they've they've got a, an immense amount of training and can help uh, help you through that process. Um, you know, for me, it was it it was the almost the reverse situation. I got in a lot of trouble with just stupid decisions early on in my life, and um, and and wasn't even credit worthy until later years in my life, and. That was spot, you know, inspired by my desire to have to buy a home as well. Um, but the, you know, I, I spent a lot of time pulling my credit report, um, the full report, not just the score, but looking at the credit and seeing, you know, I mean, and just looking at a laundry list of things like, wow, that's stupid. You totally, bob- you know, bobbled that. And you have to just dig in there, pay those things off. Uh, get get professional help um, and, and and look at it and then and then I was you know able to get the score where it needed to be and be ready with my income uh, to take on a mortgage and now I feel like I've backslid a little bit because I haven't been as uh, you know once I once I achieved the goal of home ownership um, I feel like I haven't been as attentive to the budget. You know, I have mm-hmm. I, I have a an Excel document that I actually now keep on Google Drive, um, and I used to be in that document, you know, two or three times a week, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. just looking at things. But over time, um, you know, my inks, it, my expenses have gone back up. Not only do I have a mortgage, which was more than my rent, um, I have a new car, three years old now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've taken a trip to Paris. <laughs> I now do an annual cruise. Now, granted, my income has gone up. You know, probably in the five years, my income has gone up about ten thousand. Um, okay, but so have my expenses, and I think the expenses. Like I've begun to look at it, and I'm like, um, you are need to get back to some discipline. <laughs> um, so when I was, you know, when we were talking about doing the show, we put um, a, a section here called Our Advice, and I was um, looking over, I was, I was taking a sneak peek at it this morning. I was like, yeah, Mark's got some great stuff in here. I need to get busy. <laughs> I, need to, I need to get on this because I've really gotten lazy. I've really gotten lazy. I've really spent, um, you know, too much time on the 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 silliness, you know, 
the, I, I'm not doing it right now, but you know, I used to get the I, the new iPhone every time it came out. You know, mm-hmm. uh, get the new iPad. You know, oh, I want a new Mac. Oh, you know, I want to do this. I want to do that. I'm not a clothes hound, and I don't eat out at expensive <laughs> restaurants. You know, three or four times a week. Um, but I did. I do team seem to waste money on technology and gadgets and stuff like that. But I think your delaying gratification is. Um, a very important piece of advice. Should we get into the advice? Sure. Let's uh, let's talk about budgeting. Um, George, how do you, how do you take care of your budgeting needs? I, I know everybody's a little bit different, yeah. and I'll kind of explain what I do. But I'm I'm kind of curious as uh, how do you, how do you approach a budget? Well, what was working the most for me was a very simple Excel spreadsheets. Um, uh, not sheets, one. I want it all on one piece of paper. I want to be able to see it right in front of me. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't use uh, QuickEnd or other household budgeting software, Mint or whatever. Uh, but for me, I needed to see it simply. I need to see it plain right in front of me. So I have a list of all my expenses. First of all, I have a Excel spreadsheet that has every pay period on it, right? So there's two, mm-hmm. pay, two pay periods a month, and I know what what in uh, expense is going to be paid out of what particular um uh, monthly uh, uh, salary or or uh, bi-monthly salary. And then below that, you know, obviously you have the income. And then so I just sort of keep my eye on exactly when I'm paying things um, and and when things are due. And, you know, then you'll have those unexpected things. There's the three or four or five rows of the unexpected <laughs> that you have to fill in. Oh, the water heater needs to be replaced or, oh, taxes went up on this particular issue or whatever. Um, so for me, it's real simple. It's just an Excel spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even use a spreadsheet. I kind of, what I've done is basically I sit down and I determine those fixed monthly expenses that I have. And those are things like my mortgage, my utilities, the internet, mm-hmm. Netflix, Hulu, um, some of the other charitable giving that I have set up on automatic payments. And I, I break those down and I add them up and then I divide by two. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have my um, expenses broken down. And so when I get paid, half of that is automatically set aside into the account, yeah. uh, a separate account, which isn't touched. Ooh, you have and a separate account for I have, bills that you pay. I, I have, um, I, I bank with a credit union, mm-hmm. and so I have a checking account, I have a savings account, and then I have what's called a reserve savings account. Mm-hmm. And so the... Uh, funds that I put in there are the ones that are fixed, that I know what they're going to be from month to month, and then I pay out of that account uh, to, you know, like my mortgage and mm-hmm. utilities and that sort of thing. Um, it it really kind of depends on what kind of tools work for you. Mm-hmm. Um, True. You have to kind of figure that out. But um, what, I, what, what was intriguing about that to me, and I think this is the point I was making with my Excel document, is I had to start training myself that when I got, let's say I get a, um, let's say my, um, it's not this, I'm not going to give my salary, but let's say my, you know, 
salary every two weeks is, you know, $1,200. And, you know, my mind in the old George was always, oh, I've got $1,200. And I would (laughs) would think about the (laughs) $1,200. And when you force yourself to budget, you know immediately you don't have $1,200. You have $300 (laughs) because the other stuff is already spoken for. And what I love about the idea of getting that separate account is you're it's, you, you're taking temptation even out of it because you you force that money uh, through direct deposit um, mm-hmm. into that account where you're paying those bills from. That's smart. I like that. Yeah, it it has worked for me. Uh, it works rather well, and you know when things sort of uh, come in because we all have windfalls from time to time. Whether that's a month where uh, I get paid biweekly. So there are two months in the year where I get a third check. Now, Mm. I approach that as not as, oh, great, I have a third check and I can blow it on whatever I want. It's more like, okay, um, that is going to go towards my car insurance payment. This is going to go towards um, maintenance or a specific project that I have in mind. Um, so you you kind of need to know what's coming in and also what's going out. Um, it, it seems uh, sim- the- it seems simple, but that is <laughs> that's the crux of it, kids. <laughs> it, it, it it is it's simple, not easy. Yeah, um, I, I think that's a good distinction. So one of the things that I I do from time to time is track my spending. I'll take one month. And write down absolutely every single penny, what I spent it on, where I spent it, how I spent it. Uh, So you know where your money is going. And it may surprise you. And you might get to the end of the month and say, oh, my God, you know, I spent $237.66 eating out. Uh, well, how many groceries can you get for two hundred thirty-seven dollars? <laughs> right, I, I, this is one of your advi- your bits of advice that I'm going to take on because I'm pretty sure that I'm I'm funding the uh, Sky and Absolute Vodka Foundation with my, with my <laughs> with my money. Um, I'm going to rush us a little bit. We got about five minutes left. Um, you also recommend look for ways to cut expenses. Do smart things like buying store brands instead of the name brands and do bulk items. And even mm-hmm. even looking at bundling uh, cable and internet and phone, which I'm generally not a fan of because I feel like it's a little bit of shysterism or a little bit of uh, voodoo, yeah, hoodoo, it, magic. Well, it's caveat emptor. Yeah. You know, let you, the buyer beware. Make sure um, do your this homework. is going to benefit you. Yeah, do your homework. You're right. You're right. Um, what's your next bit? Um, well, you know, do an insurance review. You know, find out what you're paying on either renters or, or homeowners insurance, um, your car insurance. Can you bundle your car and homeowners insurance and get a break? I know uh, I... I have my insurance through State Farm, yep. and they they give me a deal. I'm the same way, and I would say that is not marketing hokum. That is an absolute. You will pay more if you have separate <laughs> homeowners mm-hmm. and car insurance. If you bundle that with the same, you will you could save up to twenty five uh, percent. Absolutely, and um, you need a, a cushion. So I I recommend and. 
you know, there are some rules of thumb that basically say that you should have six months of complete living expenses in the bank um, for emergencies or anything that sort of crops up. And I, I really think that's an important thing. And yes, it's going to take you some time to do that. So you need to kind of uh, set up some savings for yourself where it's automatic and it happens first before you do any of your spending. I think if you pay yourself first um, in time, you're going to be very grateful uh, for that cushion, which will allow you to, oh, I don't know, accept another job and have that cushion um, to take care of your expenses before your first check, you know, kicks in. Yeah, so, absolutely. And also, I think living within your means is really, that's not something that's really encouraged in our culture, mm-hmm. uh, especially in America when we want it and we want yeah, it Yeah, especially in the consul- consumption culture. You're right. Right. And just take some time and ask yourself. Uh, I know there were many years where uh, I, I would say to myself, well, I want this or I need this. And then I would say, okay, um, well, 30 days. And if you're still in that situation in 30 days, go ahead and buy it. Wow. You've got discipline. <laughs> I do not have discipline. <laughs> I'm, I'm well, sitting here make, making notes and it's like, all right, you need to work on this. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a hard thing. Yeah. You know, discipline um, is something that you can achieve. Yeah, It's not easy, but it is possible. And I, I, I think if you invest the time and the energy into being disciplined, yeah. um, I think your life will take on a different sort of... Trajectory. Co- you right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And the, next th- the last three things we're going to mention are really, uh, just as you said, really about the long picture. Um, and one is know your credit score, know your credit report. You can go to annualcreditreport.com, not the freecreditreport.com, annualcreditreport.com. That is the government-required... Um, Web page that all three of the major bureaus, uh, Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian, all have to give you a full copy of your report at least once a year. I think I heard that it's now twice a year. Um, and get your copy of your... Now, I don't think they give you your score, but quite frankly, a lot of credit cards will give you your FICO score now. So, mm-hmm. so know it. Don't be afraid of it. Even if you think it's horrible, get in there and own it and work on it. Uh, mm-hmm. It's critical to the next steps and that is buying a home um i think for a lot of people that seems like an unrealistic expectation and i felt the same way for a long time until i just sort of got over the fear and just jumped into it and started working on things um you know the reality is the overwhelming majority of middle-income americans their single source of family wealth is the equity in that home Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It does come with baggage. It does, as we mentioned, you, the maintenance is on you. Uh, there is always the risk that it's not going to appreciate in value. Um, certainly the last seven years have been, we've, we're, we're dealing with that. So you, you've got to be concerned about your neighborhood, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. you know, and you've got to make a smart buying decision. Uh, and then there are going to be times when some of that stuff's out of your hand. But by and large, it is a nest egg. It is a, an incredible source of income. It's also an amazing tax deduction. At the moment, who knows how long that'll last? <laughs> um, right. I just did my taxes yesterday, 
and you know I got to claim instead of the standard deduction filing a 1040 I got to claim the mortgage interest deduction which is I get to deduct the interest that I paid which was about almost six thousand dollars uh, in a year and I also get to um, I also get to claim uh, my insurance pay- mortgage insurance premiums as well mm-hmm. so it's a it's a tremendous um, a benefit at tax time as well and then the last thing we want to talk about is and we're probably going to do a whole episode on this I, if, if you're interested I think it'd be good is retirement you got to start thinking about that now especially mm-hmm. if you're listening to this and you're 25 or 30 good god don't make the mistake I made <laughs> get on it uh, there's go, yeah, I'm sorry it's it's never too late yeah no exactly uh, I, want, I want to stress that yeah. it's never too late uh, to start saving the um, I just we've been getting emails from um, the Treasury Department at um, at my work. Um, some of their we were on some panels with uh, the Fed and and them, and they've started in the last year um, something called the myra.gov website, which is a very easy way if you work for a company that doesn't have a four hundred one k or four hundred three b program. Uh, you can do this on your own with them. The great thing is they don't have any fees. It is government backed. Now, granted, you're not your um, your income. The uh, interest isn't isn't going to be as great in in the marketplace. You hope for what seven, eight, nine percent a year or something like that. Um, you're probably going to get more like two or three <laughs> percent mm-hmm. a year in growth. But it's a great way with no fees to get started. Once you reach the 15,000 in your account, they have to transfer it by law to a, a marketplace, a Roth IRA or something similar like that. But my, that's M-Y-R-A.gov. Great website. Check it out. It's a good place to start if you, if you and, and a, I think a, f- a f- very, uh, I mean, there are no fees, unlike, you know, the folks who take our money at <laughs> the 403B place. Um, I got scared when I read uh, or watched the Frontline episode called uh, The Retirement Gamble. Have you seen that? Mm-mm. I have not. It's basically all about the sort of over the life of your retirement savings plans, um, how much fees you're paying, and what those fees are costing you in the growth of your <laughs> Right. It's, don't watch that. It's very discouraging, kids. <laughs> <laughs> it, it may suck, but it's what, it's what we got to work with. But anyway. Um, wow, Mark, I hate to rush through some of those tips, but um, we want to try and keep the show as close to 30 minutes as possible. Um, what do you think? An, an, a full episode on retirement? I, I'm in. Yeah. Sign me up. Awesome. All right, kids, that's it for this topic today. Uh, thanks for listening. If you have questions or advice, we'll pass along any advice you have as well. Uh, a lot of this stuff you can readily find online. We will put a lot of links uh, on the northandsouthofthings.com website. Um, but the key is don't be afraid. Jump in. Never too early, never too late. Have a good day, Mark. You too. Thank you for listening to this episode of The North and South of Things. More information available at northandsouthofthings.com. Follow Mark on Twitter at LaughingBuddha. That's L-A-F-F-I-N-G-B-U-D-D-H-A. And George at George in Atlanta. Our podcast theme music is provided by podcastthemes.com.